All right. Welcome, welcome everybody to Spiritual Matters Thursdays. I am your host, Dr. Monica Ogano. Today we're talking about the Trinity in the world religions, the three major world religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. The reason we're talking about that is because many times when talking about spirituality, we confuse the two. We think spirituality is religion and religion is spirituality, and they are not the same. This is a philosophy. This is a way of being. So we're going to talk about those differences today. In the meantime, I have a quote for you. This one comes from A Course in Miracles, and it says, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Therein lies the peace of God. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. All right. Welcome, everybody, again to The Daily Huddle, Spiritual Matters Thursdays. I am excited to be here. I uh, loved this discussion. I've been looking forward to this for several weeks for a couple of reasons. So let's talk about the Trinity in the world religions, in the three major, I should say, world religions, because there are many more than just three. Welcome, Stan. And in Christianity, the way that we have traditionally learned about it, you know that there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, when Christianity was a budding, burgeoning, young religion (laughs) coming out of, it was kind of like the spinoff of Judaism, um, it actually included a feminine aspect. So it was God, the Son, and the Mother, and the Holy Spirit was given the feminine aspect of God, right? Um, In Islam, even though there is still a conversation about one God, right? Um, But there are three different energies and it's the same thing in Judaism. In fact, in Judaism, when when people talk about Shekinah, they're talking about the feminine aspect of God, the intuition, the love, the honor um, of God, as opposed to the discipline, the laws, et cetera, et cetera. Interestingly enough, in Egyptian mysticism, Uh, That law and order is actually a feminine aspect that is represented by the goddess Ma'at. And why am I making these distinctions? Why am I elucidating these points? Because I want you to get interested in, first of all, as a little bit of background, um, one of my PhDs is in comparative religions, and I'm fascinated by this stuff. I could talk about it all day, every day for the rest of my life. That's, that's number one. So excuse my bias. You know what I mean? Um, but secondly, I want you to get interested in discovering for yourself and researching for yourself and finding out for yourself, how did these beliefs become edicts? How did this way of thinking become a law? How did a 
form of thinking evolve from its beginnings? You know, there have been times when you have had a thought about something and you've evolved. You've evolved in your opinion, even, never mind beliefs, right? And so, uh, in the same way, collectively, civilizations, generations have also evolved uh, their thinking about certain things. But also, and perhaps most importantly, what survives as a document is very much a political move, nothing to do with beliefs. And so, for example, you may have heard that in um, the 1940s, there were some scripts that were discovered, digged up, dug up in, um, in Egypt. And that has become known as the Hamadi uh, text because of the area where they were found. And out of that came uh, understanding the gospel of Thomas, for example, and the gospel of Mary. And there were other non-canonical texts that came um, that were not included in the canonical Bible, but gave a perspective to what is included in the canon. And so I want you to think about the point of, of our conversation today is because I want you to think about um, where am I a triune being, meaning having three aspects, how is it that we have come to evolve as a, as a collective consciousness, we've come to evolve into seeing trinities almost everywhere, including in the ways that we perceive God. The reason why it's important to explore that is because even though most of our religions say that God made us in his, her image, when you find out about the nuances of religion, we have made God in our image. God is a jealous God because we are jealous. God is vengeful because we are vengeful, right? And so I want you to start thinking about where am I a triune being such that collectively the human consciousness would ascribe a trinity to a divine intelligence. Here are some places to look. Sigmund Freud talks about the id, the ego, and the superego. The id being like your root instinctual survival, the ego being your consciousness, and the superego being the thing that's connected to the all consciousness. Um, we have a trinity even in our life cycles in terms of like childhood, adulthood, and old age. Some folks would even break that up a little bit more. Sometimes it's uh, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and old age, right? But still, there's three parts in the ways that we talk about uh, a story, right? There's the beginning, the middle, and the end, yeah? There is the uh, trinity in the ways that even we eat. There's the appetizer, the main course, and the dessert. <laughs> so everywhere we look, there's some kind of trinity. <laughs> and I posit, I assert that the reason we see trinities everywhere is because we are ourselves are a triune being. And that is why we make God a triune being as well, not because it is inherently so. If we were a seven part, a uh, person or a seven part consciousness, we would have seven part courses, meals, seven part 
you know, life cycles, et cetera, et cetera. So we make everything around us um, the essence of who we are. And when you don't know the essence of who you are, you can see around to see what we have created. Because as one of the universal laws says, as within, so without, as above, so below. If you see it out there, it exists in here. And that's one of the things that people sometimes have a hard time with because they'll see, for example, thievery or murder or some violence out there. And they're like, I'm the least violent person in the world. You might not punch people in the mouth, but what are you doing in the private streets of your thoughts? Who are you killing there? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and so I just want you to think about if you take as an assumption, right? Because I always talk about audit your assumptions. If you take as an assumption that whatever's out there also exists within in some form of fashion, then what are my three parts? How am I a triune being? And what are the parts that I work on the most? Part or parts. Because historically, even though ancient religions have always included some level of, some brand of father, mother, child, as the trinity of, of creation. So there's a masculine aspect, a feminine aspect, and the result of that union, that's the formula for the, for the trinity. Uh, the power moves of patriarchy and white mythology have created it so that even those three aspects have become masculinized. So even the Holy Spirit is considered male. God is considered male. And the son, of course, is also male. They're all male. There's no female, there's no feminine energy there. And that doesn't create fruit, right? You need the masculine and the feminine to, even in flowers, <laughs> you need the feminine and the masculine in order to create fruit. Um, and so I want you to think about uh, what are my tri triune parts, number one. And number two, which, which part or parts do I spend the most time? Which ones do I hide? Maybe you, like religion, hide the feminine aspects of yourself, whether you are presenting as a woman or a man, because in this society, the feminine is not celebrated. So I don't blame you if you're a woman and you hide your femininity. Maybe you hide the playful, childlike, innocent, naive part of you, because that's considered weak. It's considered naive. It's considered unprepared. It's not considered um, hopeful. It's not considered unconditional. It's considered like almost a threat, almost a liability. Maybe you hide or don't play with the part of you that is intuition because it's supposed to be logical, supposed to make sense. Intuition hardly ever makes sense until the end, until the end. And then it's like with that perspective, you're like, oh, that's why I was led to do this. That's why I was led to say that. So I'm gonna open it up. I wanna to have, to have a conversation with you. Which, which, how do you see yourself as a triune being? If you were a triune being, how are you triune? And which parts do you operate with or celebrate the most? Let's talk about it. Who's got something? Don't just be fascinated. Being in inquiry with me. <laughs> well, that. Yes, Dan. Hey, that the uh, 
the thing I tell you, this subject is just so it's just so deep, and it's just so what everything is about. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. it's kind of hard to have a place to start. I know. But, uh, um, it, it's just that I, I I'm trying to really really um, understand how my mind how my mind is the source of all creations in my world, and I I, I feel like it is. I know that I know there's an energy that my mind is, and it's a part of all the energy that there is. And how to really, really only um, use from what it, what's in that energy to see what it is I truly want to, 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 um, to, to bring to and to form in this world of, the, of, the, of manifest. Okay. What, what I want to form in this world of manifest is my contribution to what already is manifested that's already good and to see more of the good and to bring out just more and more of the good that already exists in me and to make it visible. So you, you're you seeing yourself as working the power of the mind and bringing forth, uh, bringing forth from the invisible to the visible that which you wanna see in the world. Exactly, well it. said. I love it, good stuff. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Who else has something? Yes, Cherie. Greetings. Good morning. Um, very, very super deep. <laughs> we needed a script for this one before, so we could I know it, right? Thoughts. You need to warm up. <laughs> yeah, but um, I appreciate the conversation. I have a question as I go through the process of thinking. Is the let me see how I ask this. When you ask the question, how are you? It's it's like in this moment in time. Are you more speaking in general or role or divine purpose in terms of how we see ourselves? That's a great question. Part of part of the work that we do here at the Daily Huddle is is to presence. Um, the fact that you have declarative power on your life. And so when someone asks you, how are you? You are the way you say you are. And if you say you're fine, then that's what it is. If you say you're hungry, then that's what it is. Not because that's what it is, but because you say so. So we, we always presence that. Does that answer your question? It does. So now I'm going to think some more. I may come back. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Hi, good things. morning. Yes, yes. Who's that? That's Claudette. Hi, hi. Hi. So it's interesting, you know, the, the part because as you're you're going through and I and I love the fact that you're saying comparative, you know, you you have PhDs in comparative. I remember when I took a, a class on um comparative religion back in college. And was taught by a Jesuit priest. It was the best class I'd ever had in life. Nice. It was the best class. Um, you know, as a as a Christian, it's I I start from the premise that in the beginning there was God, the word was God, and you know, it started from God. That's it. And everything, all of it, whether it's Judaism, a Muslim, all flows from that same premise. Mm -hmm. Um, matter of fact, everything good and evil flows from God. Most people don't understand that last part. Mm -hmm. It's 
everything. He's made good and he's made evil. Um, but if I were to, to separate myself into three pieces, it would be the mind, the heart, and the body. Because those are the three, and depending, yeah, I work on all, you know, maybe one will take precedent over the other, and then it's kind of difficult when they're all three trying to operate, you know, be present, you know, be front and center at the same time, the mind, the heart, and the body. I sometimes find it difficult when I think the challenge is separating the heart and the mind because I, I don't really, I don't, I know when people say, oh, I'm more heart-centered, I'm more mind-centered. Um, unless you're a complete psychopath or, you know, whatever, you, you can't separate your heart yeah. from the mind. Right. You, you just can't, you know, it's, it's kind of connected, you know, one always drives, even, even if you try to say I'm emotionalist, I'm like, you aren't, you know, your heart and your mind is always there. Um, so that's, I think it's, it was just an interesting premise of like, what would, you know, what do you hide? And, and I've had years where I hid like my body, even though I, it's always present because you can't do anything without engaging your body. Yeah. But there was mm-hmm. times when I hid it for what I needed to do to, to keep it healthy. Yes. You know? So I, I just thought that was a very interesting presence to say, if you broke yourself into three parts, what would those parts be? Which part do you focus on and which part do you have? I'm kind of like, if I separate like that, at some point, each piece is hidden and each piece has been a focus. It's interesting. Right. Depending on what stage of life you're in or what, what's yeah. important to you at the time. I like it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, I like what you're bringing up here, Claudette, because I think sometimes in this, particularly in this culture, in this society, we do tend to ignore or minimize anything that we associate with um, the feminine. And that includes the body. The body is very intuitive. And, um, but it also is very predictable, right? And resilient. So your body can go through a lot and I've, I've put my body through a lot. <laughs> I remember, uh, some of you might remember the story of uh, when I went through a cancer experience in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, cervical cancer, and given about a year to live. So because it was cervical and not like eye cancer or skin cancer or throat cancer, et cetera, all of those that would have made perfect sense because I've worn contacts and glasses since I was 12. I'm a professional speaker. I would not be surprised if I got, you know, okay, et cetera. Um, but out of all the things, it was cervical cancer. So I, I've done a lot of studying around the feminine and, and the ways that we sublimate and, and reject it. And one of those exercises was me doing kind of like a dyad or a dialogue with my body. So my consciousness was here, my body was there. And my body was telling my consciousness, I'm your best friend. When you decided to come here, I was the first one that showed up and started forming bones and tissues and things so that mm. you have a place to land. And you treat me like, I'm the last thing you think about, if at all. When I'm hungry, you don't feed me. When I'm tired, you don't give me rest. When I tell you to stop, you don't. The only way that I was able to get your attention is by threatening your life. Mm. So if if we're going to keep doing this, I'm out. <laughs> and, I, and it brought me to tears. I was like, oh my God, I've been the worst friend in the world to my body. And so I think, I think uh, collectively, 
when you look at history over the past two, two to 3,000 years, that's been the case with the feminine as well. And it's now getting an awareness, now getting a resurgence that uh, we have not seen in our generation. So I appreciate you saying that about the body uh, because there's a, there is a lot of wisdom there. It isn't just the sensual, the licentious, the you know physical as though that's lesser than. Um, the first floor of the house is just as important as the third. In fact, you can't have one without the other. So I appreciate you mm. saying mm. that. That I like that part about my body is my best friend. I was there before anybody else, and you treat me so bad. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I like that. And the last one to leave. Once the consciousness is gone, the body's still here, cleaning up after the after party. Yeah. Good stuff. Who else has something? questions maybe maybe you hadn't considered the trinity maybe maybe that's not how you grew up in your spiritual tradition maybe there's something else or maybe there's more than three yes um, so you spoke about um that our thoughts based on external to our internal um our thoughts may be different from what's happening outside to what's happening on the inside Mm -hmm. so first of all i would like you to elaborate on that but before you do, the thing is, our mind is a powerful tool, or it's powerful, right? And that we have to remember that each one of us is living in our own little world. We are not living in this this whole world, that this whole universe. Mm-hmm. We, are, mm-hmm. we are living in our own little world. So our mind is different. Our mind is based on our perception, how we perceive our world, not this universe that, that we're living in. And then just now when you were speaking to, to uh, Claudeth, um, you know, we were speaking about the mind and the body. But the thing is, the the mind controls the body, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, like, 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 like you said just now, that when we are hungry or when we are sleepy. But when we are hungry, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are hungry. It, ju- it means that our mind is telling us we are hungry, but we, we may not be hungry. Or if we are sleepy, it's just our mind telling us, look, we are sleepy. For example, let me give you an, um, let me just give you an example. Let's say, um, you know, we, we go to work in the morning and we work for eight hours a day or nine hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. Then we say, look, I'm tired at the end of the day. I'm going home. I'm going to sleep. But if at that moment, one of your friends call and say, hey, Dr. Monica, let's go hang out in the mall. All of a sudden, we are no longer asleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's go and meet you in the mall. So is it that you were really tired at the end of the workday or is it just your mind saying, look, you are tired, it's time to go home after. Yeah, tired of this, not tired of anything. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. So, so that's, that's the point I'm making, you know, in that it's, it's, it's our mind. I like it. I like, I like that you're bringing up the, the mind-body connection. Thank you for that. This is where discernment becomes very key because sometimes, to your point, Absolutely. Sometimes it's resistance. Sometimes it's an emotional issue or a mental issue. Nothing to do with physical symptoms. And then there's uh, the wisdom of the body that we sometimes we don't know who's calling. We don't know how to recognize that caller ID. How do you know that it's the body calling versus the mind? That's great. Anybody else have a comment, question? Your triune being, how you experience that? I do want to come back on because as I'm listening to the conversation and just thinking about how I've my words and my thoughts have always uh, 
aligned with mind, body, and, and spirit or soul. And with that, it breaks down further thinking of the mind. It's my awareness, my clarity, my emotional balance, and the body we talked about in terms of even nutrition, exercise, my feminine energy, my masculine energy, hygiene, and a positive attitude. And from a soul perspective, it's it's really my divinity. So even though I thought of it separate pretty much all my life, whatever that means, I'm realizing that I can really put them in this mind, body, soul um, category. Yeah. So thank you for that. Okay, so here's something that I want to leave you with. You know, I'm very fond, the teacher that I am at the, at the end of the day, I'm very fond of leaving you with some homework <laughs> or something to think about. I want you to think about, as you go through your day today, pick a trinity that you're interested in exploring, whether it's, you know, the mind, body, spirit, whether it's um, super ego, ego, id, whether it's... Um, your highs, your lows, and your in-betweens, whether it's the beginning or the middle or the end of a story, pick a trinity and see how you play with your own trinity of your own selection. Where do you like to hang out the most? Maybe even beginning, middle, end of a task. Maybe you have a hard time beginning something, but you're a good finisher. Or maybe you're a really, really good starter and you're gung-ho and then you peed out. <laughs> And you don't finish things, right? So just pick a trinity, beginning, middle, end, mind, body, spirit, etc., and notice where you like to hang out, just for today. Because that level of participating in your life, but also observing your life, will begin to get you in a conversation of perspective that sometimes we lose when we're just the participant of our life and not also the observer and creator. We love you. See you next time. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time, go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.